Millville, Pennsylvania, at I forget the name of the place already. But the 7 p.m. is the show. Yes, yes. We've got our tickets. Do you have yours? Mike has a drink. We'll be there in person. Well, two of them. Two of the three. We have not successfully been able to bribe Reggie yet, but we're working on it. So. Thursday football. It's the first home game. Who do they play, Reg? I don't know. Look, it's the first game. They're going to win. They're playing like... Um, Pennsylvania State. Uh, they're some, has, some division yeah. three, barely division yeah. three. They're gonna win. They're gonna. They're, they're playing a team that only has like seventeen people. So they're playing like Grove City College. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They might lose at Grove City. They better not come play Slipper Rock because we're gonna ten run them. Uh, years ago, I agreed with that, but nowadays, I'm not so sure. <clears throat> I mean, I remember the year that they played YSU, and YSU still gave them a run for their money. Yeah, well, YSU played a hell of a game that game. Yeah, but that was back when, during the fall. That was when, uh... That was, that was, they yeah. were... Well, before that, that was when, um... Oh, he's coaching at Michigan now. But he coached at YSU for years. Oh, no, no, no. It was the Ohio State guy, Jim Tressel. Tressel. Yeah. Not Jim Harbaugh. I had the first name right. Yeah, I mean, hey, I just have to battle, right? Um, as, as you know, G.I. Joe likes to say, that's knowledge. But back then, uh, um, YSU was like a freaking one double-A powerhouse. Yeah, they won the President's Trophy like four or five years in a row when I was, you know, right out of high school. The President, it's not a hockey thing. Every league has their own president's trophy. I think you're just making shit up. The NFL, the pre- or the no, that's the governor's no. cup in the NFL. There's no such thing as a governor's cup in the oh NHL. I had I heard, the NFL. I heard F. There's no governor's cup in the NFL. Yes, there is. Every year between Dallas and Houston, whoever wins that gets the governor's cup. Oh, so that's like the trophy for being like the most irrelevant. No, that's what we call the. Um, Watch it. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that let that Watch it. drift right we, off. Cause. We're three minutes in. You really want to go there? Oh my! That that's the Penny Lombardi Trophy that the uh, Eagles got under Nick Foles. Wow, man. Shaking my head. Ten, eight, nine. I had eight, to give the fans what they want, Mike. Seven, six, five, four, three. Gritty sucks. <laughs> okay. No, you know what? Listen, listen. I let the Nick Foles comment go. I like now, you're, now you're coming at gritty. I like gritty. I do like gritty. After I showed you the video of the two greatest mascots in professional sports. Iceberg wasn't there. No, because he sucks. It was Iceberg is awesome. He's stupid, dude. He walks around like a little waddle. I'm a penguin. I'm a penguin. Shut the hell up. You don't even live in an igloo anymore. That's because Peter's assholes. Penguins actually used to have a live penguin as a mascot called Petey the Penguin. 
until Peter shut it down. What was that, like 1942? 63. 64. Same difference. I was, I was, I wasn't even born. And I'm the old one on the podcast. Damn. Anywho, my dad might have still been shooting blanks back then, Tom. Sorry, Dad. Didn't mean to put your business out there. Um. So, Red, you can do all right? I'm. I'm. I'm we, we, definitely, we definitely know you've been doing a little drinking tonight, so we, we understand. Tom and I have this well. Uh, for the first time ever. Mike has a drink, is uh, having a mixed drink. Well, Mike is solid mixed drinks. Tom is bouncing back and forth between mixed drinks and Golden Monkey 9.5. Right, so Mike will be able at the end of the podcast to go upstairs and go to bed. Tom is going to puke the whole way to his house. It's a private alleyway. It's okay. Oh, you should go... Puke in the new house that they're building. Upstairs? Christen it. Hell yeah. I mean, I'd, I'm just saying that's what I would do back in the day. Um, hey, so, anyway. Always remember, Mike, shit happens when you party naked. Yeah, not too many good things can happen. Especially. Or, or. Some really good things. It depends on if you're with or not. Right. Well, it also depends where you are, right? You don't want to party naked in a field that's got barbed wire. You know what I mean? Bad things will happen there, Reg. So, uh, Tom just got an important phone call. And I think I think I might have gotten him in trouble earlier. I'm, I'm going to put it out there on the podcast, anyways. I don't care. I uh, I well, no, you know what? I'm not putting it out there anyway. So listen, Psycho Stick, September 10th, Millville, Pennsylvania. Tickets are 15 bucks. Their concerts are selling out, people. So, like, if you've got interest in going down and checking these fellas out, you got to get your tickets. You got an idea for the podcast? Mike has a drink at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook page. Um, because, still, Reg, I got to tell you. Everything that we get still talks about you and Mr. Malarkey as being the saviors of the podcast. Oh. And I'm like, come on. It's a lot on the show. Yeah, I know. And and you're coming in not not in your best shape tonight because you've been, you know. Oh yeah. I, my, I am broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I probably have a podcast <laughs> all of the random stuff that podcast. Yeah. We could, episode about like all the things that are broken, especially like between me and Tom alone. I know. 
you know, it's tough being the oldest person on the podcast. And the most healthy. And not have any issues. At least physically. That's because you're a slacker, Mike. That could be. Now, mentally, I've got some problems. But my therapist and I are working through some shit. So, you know, so am I. So, you know, that's... I'm hoping by... You know, for... I got to do a call back here to our very first episode. And the fact that dudes like you and I are publicly admitting that we're getting help is a huge, huge step for guys. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to the people that aren't afraid to go talk to someone. Hey, hey, if you don't want to talk to somebody, send us a message. Tell us you want a confidential. Mike and I, we might not be the smartest dudes in the world, but damn it, we got shoulders that are good for crying on and ears that are good for listening. And and you know what? We're also good at making shit up. Have you listened to any of our podcasts? <laughs> um, and if you really, really need to talk to someone, we'll send you to Reggie because uh, she's like 12 times smarter than both of us combined. And I will actually tell you to go to therapy. <laughs> Reg, don't, don't don't say that over the air. Then it won't call. We got to get them to sign up to be a, a patron, and then you can recommend therapy. <laughs> you got to at least say hi before you say therapy. You can say, hi, this is Reggie. Go seek a therapist. <laughs> uh, your credit card will be charged $19.95 for this call. Thank you. So, um... T-shirt news. Oh, we got a price for you. Got too bad we don't have like one of those sound effects machines. Whoop 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 whoop. Big news, big news. Kmart Blue Light Special. We got a price from our T-shirt person. If you want a Mike has a drink, worst podcast ever T-shirt. Hit us up at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com. It's $25. But let me tell you. And we'll ship it out to you. These shirts are so damn soft. Yeah. This is like, you know, it's kind of fitting. We're we're on serial killers right now. This shirt, this t-shirt is what, like, I imagine, like, wearing a baby would feel like. Well, you're skipping a few episodes ahead. We're not in Gacy yet. Uh, but, you know, it's soft, it's silky smooth. Like, if, it's if, baby seal it's, smooth. Yeah, there you go. Like, baby smooth you seal. Know, or baby seal smooth. It's like a shirt made of ferrets. I don't know. I don't even know. Listen, we don't condone that. Mike has a drink. Actually, owned ferrets back in the day. So did Tom from uh, Mike has a drink. Yeah. Un- until the little sons of guns decided to swim in my water bed. See, mine was um, I had to move, and the apartment that I was moving into was no pets, even caged mm-hmm. animals. So yep. I passed them off to my buddy, and you know I still get pictures of them to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here you go. Look, look what he's up to. Look what this dumbass is doing you gave me. Yep. You know? I used to walk my little ferret bandit. I used to walk him around campus and slip her up. Because I did. I had a harness and a little leash with him. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's up? I'm 
chilling and climb up on the rock and pose, like, you know, throw up his heavy metal signs. Uh, Man, mine loved earrings. If you had earrings, he would climb up you, and he wouldn't, like, try and take them, but he would sit there and bat at them. Yeah. While sitting on your shoulder. Now, Bandit hated my roommate. So, and, and he worked for uh, UPS. And what, what are you looking for? The nuts. Oh, put them over there. Um, and he worked for UPS, so he was sleeping like all kinds of crazy hours. So I would leave for school. Well, these ferrets were so smart, they could get, they could open their cage. Oh, yeah. And I would get messages from him about, like, dude, I woke up, your ferret was on my chest growling at me. Yeah, sorry. Too bad you're a jerk and don't let the ferret swim in the bathtub. Um, but I came home from school one day, Reg. From you know, from not from school, from college. At the greatest, set, well, all right, all right, Reg. I'm willing to admit this on the air. The second greatest university in Pennsylvania. What's the first you came? Um, Villanova. Oh, all right. Uh, just kidding, Raz. Just kidding. Don't don't disconnect. Don't pretend you can't hear us. And um, fair cage is wide open. I think that was not me. That was definitely you. Mine's not silent. So is mine. So how do you? No, it's mine. It's mine. Hold on. Reggie! It's because she's popular. No one sends us messages during the party. There, well, there we go. There we go. So, I come walking in from class. I look. Ferret cage is empty. I'm like, shit. They got out again. So I'm walking around the house, shaking the ferret treats, because, you know, ferrets get into shit. Can't find them. I'm like, ah, oh, they're around somewhere. They I'm are not, some shifty, sneaky bastards yeah. when they So I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm not sweating it. Sit down, turn my TV on, start watching some TV. Out of the corner of my eye, I see my water bed moving. Like, there's a little wave, you know? And I'm like, what the hell is that? So I go over. I pull the sheets off. There's a hole right in the middle of the waterbed. And sure enough, two ferret heads pop out. They climbed out of their cage, dug through the, the bladder on my waterbed, and went swimming. And now I started looking around. They flooded my freaking room, and it was leaking into the downstairs neighbor's apartments. So the ferrets had to move out because we had a no-pet policy. But anyways, so this week we're covering Jack the Ripper. We are talking about the man, the The myth. myth. The legend, the unidentified, no one knows who he is, asterisk, or she, asterisk, I know, I actually, when we get to the end, I've solved this case. So have I. Oh boy, let's see if we did, if we agree. But I, I know who it was. Because of the table tapping? 
Uh, I don't know anything about table tapping. We'll get it. I just figured it out, Tom. Um, <coughs> so, before we get into him, real quick, let's set the scene. At this particular point in time, which is the late 1880s, 1886, 87, right before he decides he's fucking had enough of society, you've got the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And it's, like, apparent. Like, you've got the wealthy people, and then you've got the people, industrial revolution style, renting out, you know, these people own these tenant houses, and they're renting them out. To the, from the company they work for. Well, or, or, or from private people, but they're renting them out at eight hours in a pop. Right. You basically have this room long enough to come home sleeping and go back to work for 16 hours. Yep. Right? So, obviously, when you're done work, you got alcohol's huge. I don't have anything for you here. So, they're out at the bars, right? You're single. Hey, guys have needs. So who do they go see? Some ladies of the evening. That's right. And at, at this particular point in time, I, and I, I don't have the number right in front of my head because I'm not that far into my notes at all. But I want to say there was like over 120 brothels. I think it's even more. I think it was like 1,200. Might be like 1,200 brothels. It was pretty much every corner house on the block. Was a house at Overshoot to make money for that block. Yep, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Keep talking, Tom, keep talking. I'm checking my notes. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, at the time, in London, it, it was, the underground was very brutal. Oh, yeah, if you... So a lot of crimes did not actually get reported. Yeah, let alone solved. Especially against prostitutes or bums or, you know, um, what, what the, the uh, upper echelon would consider the scourge of society. Um, hey, Mike. Hey, I just heard the door. Sounds like Chelsea's here. Sounds like Chelsea might finally be here. She's only, uh, oh, she's on time. She's less than 20 minutes late. Good job, Chelsea. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't find it. Maybe I'll find it later. But yeah, so it's the it's it's the worst of the worst, right? And then like when we discussed, which we kind of somewhat covered during the uh, Peaky Blinders. That's where I was going, Tom. Holy shit, that's freaking scary, Reg. He's like in my head. That is scary, Tom. That, Tom, listen, scary. I'm telling you, there's some corners in my head. You don't go in there. What the fuck? Don't go in there. <laughs> I'm going to so, that door, and I'm going to never look in again. Yeah, lock it up. <laughs> lock it up. So listen, it's bad, right? And back then, London was divided up into, like, sections. So one section, for example, is Whitechapel. Which, 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 I cannot confirm, but to me... It makes sense that the heavy metal band Whitechapel chose their name after this area. Again, I cannot confirm it, 
But it's just one of those things that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Whitechapel back then is not the pretty Abbey Road. Oh, no. Eagles. No, 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 no. That you know is... I mean? This is picky blanket territory. If you're, if you're living in Whitechapel... Life is not good. No, you're bottom of the barrel working for, you know, which, like, I know myself and Mike have in our past was working for every damn penny we had. And that's what Whitechapel was like at the time, is you worked for everything you had, and most of it went right back out the door for bills. And it was basically to pay for somewhere to sleep that night. Yeah. These people, these people were so bad off, like, they were selling their teeth. Yes. So that's where this takes place. People don't pay attention. It's one of those, you see a crime, you look the other way because you don't want to be next. Right. And you don't want to call the cops because you're probably doing something illegal anyways. But even if you're not, that's going to draw heavy attention to you that you don't want. Right. So here's the deal. Jack the Ripper. This is a fabricated name. That, um, do you know when the first reference Jack the Ripper was made? And how it was made? In a letter. To? A newspaper. Supposedly signed by himself. Right. That, down the road, Reg, it comes out, they really think it was fake and it was written by another journalist Mm -hmm. to sell papers. But that's way ahead of schedule time. It's like every 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 episode, Tom. You want to jump to the fucking conclusion of the story. Not quite. That's like midway. So, are you still talking on the phone, Chelsea? No. Chelsea apparently thinks talking on the yeah. phone is more important Chelsea, than a Chelsea's than like podcast. On the with her friend Jen, while we're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> The worst podcast ever. Yeah, it really is. You know, look, we don't need to prove it, Chelsea. So, um, you know, they believe that he was either a doctor or a butcher uh, because of how the victim's bodies were um, dissected or vivisected and... Yeah, because of the cuts, where the cuts were. Um, So, they know... Which, do you know the difference between a dissection and a vivisection? Nope. Dissection is they're dead, vivisection, they're still alive. Oh. And they believe a couple of his victims were vivisections instead of... Yeah. How savage are you that you're... Cutting into someone, pulling out intestines and other organs. While they're still alive. Yeah. But, again, we're way ahead of schedule. So, 1888. Starting in August 31st. It's for confirmed. Right. It's between the... Th- that's the thing. They know for a fact that five murders match the M.O. They say there could be up to 11. They say there's so many more. Because, again, people don't report stuff. Was he just kind of learning? Was he just cutting his teeth? But anyway, so, five victims. Mary Ann Nichols. On August 31st. All right, hold on, man. I don't need dates yet. 
I just want to get their names out there for for public safety. Okay. Marianne Nichols, which you're right, Tom, the first one. Annie Chapman. Yep. Elizabeth Stride. Yes, sir. Catherine Eddowes. Which were both actually the same night. On the same night. Within like hours. Yep. And then uh, Mary Jane Kelly. Which very, very little is known about Mary Jane right. Kelly. Right. Like they don't have birth records, they don't have uh, you know, parents' names, kin, nothing. They yeah. just that's the name that she had at the brothel. They don't even know yeah, if that's they don't even her know real, that's a real name. name. <clears throat> so <sighs> this was all in the fall of 1888. Yeah, it's within the like Tom said, August 31st, and then November Mary Jane 9th. Kelly, November 9th in 1988. 1888. That's the word. Um. And like, and and to paint a picture of like how poor people were, Marianne Nichols, when she when she was murdered, her possessions that they have listed are yes. a comb, a white handkerchief, and a broken piece of mirror. Yes, ma'am. I was actually about to say that. Thank you, Reg. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Reg, that was a good one. Good, good job, Reg. You always come through with some little tidbits of information there that Tom pretends to know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, here's my facts. In October of 1888, the London's Metropolitan Police Service estimated there were 62 brothels. And 1,200 women working as prostitutes in Whitechapel. So I was off with the number of brothels. But you're right. Yeah. Um, and, and like we said, like, basically, the nightly price, like the sleep in a bed, was four pence. So. Well, shaving a haircut was two pence. Yeah. So you paid four, you paid four, four pence to get woken up by the next guy when he came off shift. Right. Hey, you're in my bed. Go. Yep. Time for you to get out of here. Um, you know, and, and in that period, you well, had, technically you'd have been there to relieve them. They wouldn't be waking yeah, you up. Yeah, yeah, you would have already been out. Hey. Oh, take a picture. Um. So. You know, like, this area is like a powder keg, right? You got, you got the poverty. You've got issues with the Irish immigrants. You've got Jewish refugees coming in from Russia. So it's like a powder keg. And it was not uncommon for women to be attacked in the East End during this. Um, Now, Jack the Ripper was a little over the the edge, but it it was like an everyday thing where the prostitutes were getting, you know, abused, beat up. So, um... What is going on? <laughs> Tom, Tom Hudson and Chelsea 
Right, she's trying to get a picture of Hudson. Oh, she keeps Hudson, no, Hudson. It was tortured. Are you kidding me? Like, Reggie, this is my life. We're trying to do a podcast, and and Chelsea wants to take a selfie with Hudson. Yeah. What? Like, come on. Like, the, maybe it's better when she is the lady. Hudson. Um, all right, Tom, let's go. Let's let's hit these murders here, brother. All right. So, let's start with Marianne Nichols. Was on August 31st. 31st, sorry. I had a piece of peanut stuck in my tooth. Uh, and then shortly after, on September 8th, was Annie Chapman. Now, as I was telling Mike before we went on air, is I found contradicting reports. And one says that uh, Annie Chapman was the only one that he took quote-unquote trophies from. But then another report said that he took quote-unquote trophies from all of his victims. So I don't know which one is true. So I put them both out there. Okay? And then after Annie Chapman was... Well, hold on. Let's talk about the murder. Let's talk about... Let's talk about... What happened to Marianne Nichols? So her body was discovered at 3.40 in the morning, Friday. And Mirtre, or Mitra, M-I-R-T-E, square. Right. Which was called Bucks Row. Right. Now it's called, so if you go, if you go to London now, you're not going to find Bucks Row. No. You got White go. Chapel is completely gone, yeah. destroyed, and rebuilt. Yeah, because it all burnt down in a fire. Yes. You got to go to Door Doorward Street. I believe is how you say it. I don't know. People over there, they talk funny. Um. So she was the last time someone saw her alive was about an hour before they someone discovered her body. Mrs. Emily Holland who she shared a bed with at the common lodging house, so... Right, at the workhouse, what yeah, they were called. Yeah. Um, saw her. And then when she went back in, she was dead. Her throat was severed by two deep cuts. That's like a back and forth. Yeah, it was like, it was, I mean, it was aggressive, man. So... I mean, they were all aggressive. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you're right. This guy definitely was not. He did not work with finesse. No. It was all emotion. So, one severed all the tissue down to her vertebrae. Right? Stabbed twice in her vagina. Her abdomen was ripped open. The bowels are out. Like, this is like, this is heinous, man. It's estimated on average, before he started cutting them, he stabbed his victims a an average of 72 times before cutting them open. Yeah. You know how pissed off you've got to be to stab a random person 72 yeah. times yeah. and then cut them open? Yeah. 
So, like, if mental health, and I mean, it, I'm not saying it's great today, but in comparison to back then, it's great. Like, even if if he, there's definitely got to be something mentally off with this gentleman who is doing it. I mean, he's killing people. But yeah, this is like anger. This is anger. This no, this is hatred. Psychosis. This is pure. I'm pissed off at this person, but I can't get to them. Yeah. So I'm gonna take it out on you. Yeah. So the crazy thing is, every single wound was in a downward motion. So it was all like you said, stabbing, right? No, no suspects. September 8th, 1888, Annie Chapman was discovered at around 6 in the morning near the steps to the doorway of the backyard of her house at Hanaby Street, Hanby Street in Splitfields. Which the one report, as I said, says that she was his only quote-unquote trophy victim. But another one says that they all were. Right. Now, according to the first report, which was at HistoryFacts.com, was that he only took trophies from Annie Chapman, which were part of her bladder, and parts, not the whole work, but parts of other organs. Correct. Crazy. And unfortunately, no one will ever know the truth. Right, because most uh, oh, there's so much lore, or, you know, folklore and legend around that you know this character well, that right. history has become distorted because there's no proof on it because it, the police station burnt out and a lot of the research got destroyed. So, which speaking of destroyed evidence, when. Catherine Eddowes was found. Is that murder number three? No, that's not murder number four, but on the third night. Okay. They found a bloody apron or shawl, because I read another contradictory report. One said apron, one said shawl. Um, you know, stained in blood with Quote, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing, end quote, written above it. So the uh, police commissioner at the time, who was uh, Sir Charles Warren, he wanted to avoid racial tension in the neighborhood because he knew that if that part got out, Jewish people were going to be attacked mercilessly. Right, so they started saying it was James instead of Jews. Jews, yes. Which ties in down the road. But uh, so he had the uh, the entire phrase actually erased before they cataloged the right. apron or shawl. So when they started looking into Chapman's murder, they spoke to uh, Elizabeth Long. And she described seeing Chapman standing outside the street at that at 29 Hanbury Street around 
in the company of a dark-haired man wearing a brown deer stalker hat. I'm not really sure what that is. It, it, it sounds like a coonskin cap to me. Kind of, yeah. Um, dark overcoat and, like, shabby rich. You know what I mean? Like, you're a rich person trying not to look wealthy. So that was, like, their first lead. And then you have Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes, who were both killed on Sunday, September 30th of 1888. Stride's body is discovered at 1 o'clock in the morning in Gutfield Yard off Burner Street. Which, if you're listening and you're from London, this probably makes sense. But we have no idea over here. Um, she, her cause of death was one single clear-cut incision measuring six inches across her neck, which severed her artery and her trachea. And then that was it. So they weren't really sure if it was him. Like, unlike unlike the other victims, it was one shot. So they don't know if someone came around the corner, if he got interrupted, whatever it is. But whatever happened, it must not have solved his urge. And then he has the cat, he meets up with Catherine Eddowes. What is going on here? I am actually looking for the exact date for what you just said. Because I don't have it written down and it's annoying me that it, that I forgot to write it down. For what? Whatever you were just talking about, now I lost it. I said the date! Sunday, September 30th! 1888! <clears throat> Reg, I said that, right? Reg, sure, it's your podcast. Huh? Sure, it's your podcast. She said, sure, it's your podcast. <laughs> wow, Reg. Is that how it's going to be? <laughs> okay, that's fine. So, Tom, tell us about Eddowes. Miss Catherine Eddowes. Because this is the one that you seem to have some issues with, right? Okay, so... Uh, let me find it again. George Lusk was president of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee, which is basically a neighborhood watch on steroids. Um, which- which I have, I have a side question. How yes, ma'am. Is he, how is he not one of the suspects? That's a very fair point. Like, like, if you're gonna ever like lead a campaign, like, isn't that one of the things? That, like, yeah, like, like a psychopath and like the witness it and then comes back to talk to the police. Yeah. So it's well, like, you know what? And they're so They don't really under. This is new. But see here, he received a box that was addressed, quote unquote, 
from hell. Which contained a letter of warnings and hints. And, uh, part of a human kidney. Yeah. Which was believed to be from Catherine Eddowes, but not proven. Which goes back to my contradictory reports of taking trophies. Right. And now, Catherine Eddowes is the one that, like, he really, really disfigured. Cut her eyes, made V's under the eyes, cut off her nose. He took his time with her. Yeah. Um... What? Parts of her ears, like, I mean, he had all, basically had all the time in the world, but they're saying, in, he was probably in and out in 15 minutes. Which, I don't mean to condone this, but what does that say for his quote-unquote skill of the trade? Right. Right. That he was able to pull this off. In under 15 minutes. Yeah. Which is another argument towards the fact that he had more victims than were confirmed because, you know, um, to quote a movie, uh, Inglorious Bastard, just, you know how you get the Carnegie, don't you? Practice. You don't get that good. Right. Overnight. Right. Not that killing someone and mutilating them is good, but you know what I mean. And then we have Mary Jane Kelly. She was discovered laying on the bed in the single room where she lived on at 13 Miller's Court off of Dorset Street at 10.45 in the morning. On? Friday, the 9th of September. November. That's what I've read, and I said the wrong thing. Gotcha. 1888. <clears throat> Her face had been hacked beyond all recognition. This is the one. It, it, it seemed more uh, passion-driven than, mm-hmm. um, I guess you'd call it curiosity killing, mm-hmm. was what he would... Like, this one was purposeful. This one was way more personal than... Yes. Any of the others. And this is is this, this is the one where she was found by somebody peeking in the window, right? Like someone came by, knocked on the door, no one answered, went around, saw it like a pane in the window was broken, pushed the curtain out of the way, and then saw this. Right. Um, but like... You know, all severed, this time, though. He severed her throat down to the spine. The stomach was emptied of almost all of its organs. Right? The uterus, the kidneys, one breast had been placed underneath her head. That's a pillow. Yeah. He wanted her comfortable. Yeah. In death. <clears throat> her abdomen and thighs were sitting on a bedside table. And the heart's missing. Gone. But, you know, during this time, like, he sent, well, 
there's a huge debate on whether it was actually him or a lot of hoaxes. Now, it's been proven that a lot of the letters that police and um, newspapers received were fakes. But there are a few that are believed to be authentic where he is just bragging and showing off to Scotland Yard. Like, they are addressed to... The detective. The lead detective. At Scotland Yard, yep. Yep, yep. and I'm sure I got his name somewhere. It'll come up, but... <laughs> um, just crazy. You know, I mean... But then... That's it. It stops. Just abruptly. Right now. The la- That was the last murder that... Can be tied. That can be tied to him that fits that particular... Well, here's another thing I got for you, Mike. Okay? One theory is that he was not alone. Newspaper named The Echo on October 8th, 1888, published a story detailing a woman's experience summoning the ghost of Elizabeth Stride. And in that seance, the ghost revealed that he was a middle-aged man who belonged to a gang of 12. Now, at this point in time, there were a few, well... I say a few, but more than a few prostitutes that were attacked by gangs of men. Yes. But police never officially made the connection between the two. It's interesting. Now, I went on a side quest and actually looked up the newspaper, looked up the article, and read it. Wow. How'd you understand it? They talked so funny back then. It was was weird. But I figured it out. They got for Google Translate. From English to American. So, a a quote-unquote respectable-looking elderly woman reported to Cardiff Police that her and five others had a seance in which the ghost admitted this to them. So the Cardiff police chief went ahead and reported this to the Echo newspaper, and they ran it. Now, I didn't write them all down, but there are a lot, lot, lot of supernatural opinions on Jack the Ripper. Look, the police had no clue, man. Not at all. They interviewed more than 2,000 people. 300 of them were detained for more investigation. And 80 people were, like, kept in prison. They had no idea. It was like the Keystone Cops. Right. Bumbling, bumbling, stumbling, making shit up. So, you know, with all that's going on, though, Mike, the pe- neighborhoods, everybody knows, something happens, rumors and theories yeah. run like wildfire. And the one theory was that he had to be somebody with a black dog, because black animals are evil, 
and access to knives. So once this theory became popular, people of Whitechapel actually took on the mob mentality and were attacking people who were walking or carrying black dogs. Hmm. Crazy shit, man. Mob mentality is never good, people. Never good. That's right. Unless it's the mob up and bring me alcohol. We support that. Us. Yeah. That, well, that was the we part. You said me. Mm-hmm. You said we. Yeah, me as Mercy Mike's bar. Oh, okay. So that we can drink it. Damn. Next, you're going to tell me Brady's not the greatest mascot in the world. So, look. This guy Cosmo named, is. This guy named Robert Anderson asks this Thomas, <laughs> this Thomas Bond to give his opinion. Like, alright, you've seen all five murders. What do you, what do you think? And, uh, all five murders, no doubt, were committed by the same person. Right. In the first four, the throats appeared to have been cut from left to right. In the last case, owning to the extensive mutilation, it's impossible to say in what direction the fatal cut was made. Which led to investigators claiming that he was left-handed, which led to the... Actually, this is where... Um, the popular culture of stigma against left-handed people began. Reggie, are you left-handed? No. Alright, good. Because left-handed people are weird. Now, Mike has a drink does not support the views and opinions of Mike himself. (laughs) If you are left-handed, please do not sue us as we are completely broke. Yeah, but I mean, at least like I'm just like Attacking like two percent of the population. You attacked New York City and then turned around and attacked New Jersey. And Philly. Well, yeah, Philly don't care. Philly don't count. No, I said not count. I said they don't care. Oh, okay, okay. We don't care. You can think whatever you want. We don't care. Broad Street bullies for a reason. So, all right. Let's talk about some of the suspects. They really had no idea, man. It was like, it Dude, was like, it was they're like going they took, after every doctor in picture, the area. They took a picture of everybody in London and threw darts, and if it hit your picture, you were a suspect. There were a few prime, though, who were um, doctors and butchers and barbers. In the area. Mm-hmm. And I, this will jump ahead a lot. Mike will yell at me, but I don't care. But uh, some forensic scientists of today believe that they have his true identity locked down. After examining the quote-unquote apron or shawl of... Uh, you know, that was found by Eddowes' body. DNA testing leaned to um, 
Aaron Kosminski got from Poland, a 23-year-old Polish immigrant who was a barber, who was actually one of the prime suspects and, at and, the time. And legitimately psychotic. Legitimately pissed off at the world, yes, sir. Spent, spent the end of his life in a mental institution. Yes. I'm not going to holler at you for that. But, you know, um, well, I, I figured you'd holler over me skipping. No, that's fine. But it's kind of where we're at. You know, and, and critics, with myself included, well, myself half included, argue that since it's been so long since the crime and before these new forensic you know, experts tested it was that it very well easily could have been contaminated over time. So half of me says, well, they might not be right, but then the other half is like, well, this dude was a prime suspect and now his DNA is showing up at the scene. So I'm going to be honest and say, I can't say for 100% certain whether or not he did it because... There are valid arguments on both sides of that. That's fair. So, one of the people that um, really kind of comes to light after the fact, he wasn't looked at initially, and shame on me because I forget his name. Um, I'm gonna I didn't write them down because I figured you would, my short. I know, man. I'm going to say it's because I've, I'm, I, I definitely have had a lot to drink tonight. Um, it's It'll come to me. Well, you know, the way you think of that, I got you. There were a lot of quote-unquote psychics and mediums who were willing to help out with this case. One medium, for example, Mr. B. Baraclaw from New York City sent a telegram to police to, quote-unquote, watch Thomas Todson of 20 Work Street, London. However, that address did not exist. So the police filed it under the crazies and lunatics file. So instead of actually looking for this guy, you know, um, Thomas Totson, they just realized the address was fake, so they assumed the name was fake. Now, Thomas Totson could have actually been Jack the Ripper. Now... Mr. Bearclaw uh, got this information from table tapping. Now, does anybody here know what table tapping is, Reggie? I. Yes, you use it to calm yourself when you're stressed. No, it's a coping mechanism. So you only like, it's like that. What's that song? It's like from uh, uh, um. What's that song with the people that sing? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Shut up. Um, they sing a cappella. 
Come on, Rex, help me out. Anyway. Think of it, it's cup. They do yes, it's cup. I know cups. what it is. <laughs> oh, this table. Cup stacking. Table ta- tapping. Anyways, the spirits and the dead. Table yeah. tapping is everybody sits around a table with their hands on it, on the top. Boom. Okay. And you ask a spirit a question. Hey, he's table tapping. Yeah. You ask the spirit a question, and then you go through the alphabet, and the table will either tap, lean, or turn. When you say the right letter, to spell out the words, much like a Ouija board. Oh, I got a great Ouija board. So then, board. of course, remind me the end of this. So then, of course, critics are saying, well, you know, the critic report is that, well, anybody can control the Ouija board, and the rest of the group not know. But that was how Mister B. Barracott got his information, and then wrote to Scotland Yard about an address that yeah. did not exist. But like in like in some like spiritualist communities, they'll actually like walk around the table. Yes. Like it's like the table will like wobble or tilt or or something. There's a lot of skepticism around it because you know the the physics of it. And, like, just, you know, you're basically walking around and, like, you're affecting how it, how it goes. But then there's, like, accounts of, like, people will, like, not, like, touch, or not touching at all. And then, like, the table will, like, tilt or fall over. Right. So. So. Playing and some things are. Hold on. Let's pause right now before we conclude Jack the Ripper. It is uh, time for Terrible Tuesdays with Tom. Hey, you know, Jack the Ripper was never brought to justice. And justice is best served cold. Because if it was served served warm, it would be just water instead of just ice. Let's pretend we're back in colonial times. Okay, my next one. You know, I was a lumberjack for quite a few years. couldn't defend you over that one. Mike, I was a lumberjack for quite a few years. I know for a fact that I cut exactly 2,477 trees. Because every time I cut one, I kept the log. Oh <laughs> no! Yeah, we might have to cancel Tom Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Wow, Tom. dude, you had you had all week right? and you came up with those two things. And all in all in all. No. Honestly, I'm, I'm, no, I'm gonna come straight out. He didn't start till today. These were written like 45 minutes yeah. before I came over. So. He slacked. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I am going full disclosure. I slacked on my homework. I, I understand when Reggie doesn't un- know what we're talking about to the day of the podcast, cause she wasn't here for the big podcast planning session. She was traveling the world. <laughs> 
You were here. That has nothing to do with my dad jokes. Yes, it does, Tom. We we do this podcast every Tuesday, right? Yes. So that means you have Wednesday, Thursday, Time Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday before the podcast starts to come and show up with at least two Decent dad jokes. See, this is why we need a camera, because I've been sitting here doing a timeout symbol to Mike for the last minute and a half. Is somebody... No, 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 no. Oh, it's coming right now. It better be fucking good, because those two were shitty. And don't blame it on me. Someone keeps me distracted. (laughs) No. First off... Because yeah, listen, I know for a fact it's at least three nights a week that she works. Thank you. <laughs> That's yeah, but I'm here those nights. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. that's fair. Tom. Yes, ma'am. So hard on you. So hard on you. I know the they're mom, terrible, aren't so they, Reg? The, the mom and ET had an alien in her house for weeks and. <laughs> Come on, Reg. Thank you, Reggie. Re- Reggie, that was very nice of you to try to make Tom not feel bad. Yeah, but, it was. It but was. we're we're not going to allow that one. No. No. We can't ha- we can have bad, bad jokes. We can't have bad mom jokes. Oh my God! It looks like Hudson just ate one of the, one of my remaining couch pillows. We look over and there's white fluff all over. There he goes, carrying the couch pillow. Oh, there's white fluff all over the pool table room. Catch him! He's right behind you. No, you missed him. Oh my god, Reggie. Whenever we do our Penn State episode, we're gonna uh, bring Hudson and you can fix this guy because he is messed up. And now him and he thinks Chelsea's playing with him because Chelsea's trying to get the damn pillow back. But, anyways, back to Jack the Ripper. What, Reg? I was about to ask Tom. Hey, Tom. Yes, ma'am? Why do mother kangaroos... Why do mother kangaroos what? You cut out? Hate rainy days. Why do mother kangaroos hate rainy days? I don't know, Reggie. Why? Their kids have... Their kids have what? Inside. Oh, their kids have to hang out. Ah! Alright, alright, I can dig it. Alright, now we have to talk about Jack the Ripper. So, the, the theory is. The theory is that Jack had to be a prostitute's son. Because every one of his victims was a prostitute. Eh. Well, it's I didn't say it was right. I'm just saying that's the serious. That disagrees with my solving of the crown. All right. So. Hey, do you want one of the golden monkeys or you want more whiskey? I'm good, bro. I still got whatever I need here. Um, 
Oh shit, give me some of that uh, devil's cut. You still got that Becker? I still got this? I know you still got that, but I want the thing. I can't get to that. It's still Alright, well then I'll just take it. It's shot to keep uh Shaggy out of my alcohol. Um So at some Tom point Tom is now going beam straight. So <clears throat> it's a good thing this podcast is almost over because yeah. it could really get out of here. Thank God Tom I'm gonna be leaving within like an hour. So he's not gonna pee on my Christmas tree like he did last week. Um you sure that wasn't Hudson? Or did he just eat the box? Uh, yeah, Hudson ate the box. Tom peed on the brand new well, tree. I don't know about that because Hudson and I were passing the bottle back and forth all night after you went to bed. That's fair. <laughs> but at least it still plays music. Um, so, down the road in like the 1950s. Is it that late? I think you're right, but a diary surfaces. Yep. It belongs to an American named James Maybrook. Well, I don't know when it actually surfaced, but 1959 is when it was published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So slightly censored, quote unquote, slightly censored. So they get this. It shows up. The first like. 200 pages were cut or ripped out, and then there's just this crazy scribbling, scrawling penmanship, right, where where supposedly this James Maybrook admits to being Jack the Ripper and details the crimes and uh, it wasn't quite accurate. Okay, so the guy that brought it brought it out, signed an affidavit, swearing that it was the truth. He'd been in the family for years, and then once he started questioning, he said, "No, no, it was fake." And then him and his wife got divorced, and then they both came out and withdrew the statement of it being fake. Like right. this has been in our family for years. Blah blah blah. So. James, James Maybrook, who I don't think was Jack the Ripper, okay? No, on, I think it was the Polish immigrant barber, Aaron Kismich, or okay. Kismich. Or, All right. Which, that, that's reasonable, because he was a messed up dude. He was a messed three things. He was a messed up dude, he was a prime suspect at the time, and modern DNA evidence points towards him. Now, yes... This sample may have been contaminated over the years, but the fact that he was already a prime suspect at the point, and then his DNA matches, leads me to personally believe that he was Jack the Ripper. Okay, that's, that's, and that's reasonable. I might be wrong, but that's just my well, no thought process. No one's ever going to know. That's right. like the back Black Dahlia murder. No one's ever going to know that one either. Yeah. Or where Jimmy Hoff is buried, other than no, I, we do know he's a soldier he field. Yeah, we know where he is. They just don't want to tell. Uh, so, but James Maybrook dies, okay, under mysterious circumstances. It comes out. Imagine that, huh? Well, listen. It comes out that his wife, because he was such a horrible person, 
poisoned him with arsenic. She goes on trial. Okay? During the trial, she's telling the judge about how horrible he was, how abusive he was. Right. Right? So the day before the end of this trial, the judge was heard, I know, and, 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 and it's documented that he was saying, you know what, she was defending herself, it was just, it was good, and then something Cause, happened. Because he did, he, he legitimately beat the absolute shit out of her. As many. Well, he was the hardest. Listen, this guy was a horrible dude. And, you know, at the time, I don't mean to defend this dude or try to condone him, but at the time, all these guys got pissed off at work, and instead of taking it out at work, stereotypically, they would come home and take it out on their... Well, and, and, and part of the other issue is during the diary, multiple times, he wrote... It. Now, if it was him, then she was having an affair. And the reason he was killing these people, these women, was because it looked like her. But they didn't all look alike. No, they really didn't. <laughs> but on top of that, like I said before, I don't think it was him. I think five of the other prime suspects, and I don't have all their names, because uh You know, I didn't write them down because... Uh, you figured they, I would. Yep. And, and look, there's a, there was a list. I started looking around, and I was coming up with a list. There's like... A Over list. 200 there's, people. Yeah, but there's legitimately 25 solid suspects. So, the judge's son and four of his friends were suspects. Yes. Overnight... Something happened to where they weren't. And the judge walked in. He left court the night before, convinced that Maybrook's wife was innocent. He walked in the next morning and sentenced her to hang. I'm telling you. A little bit of home cooking there, Mike? My theory is. A little bit of home cooking? Definitely. My theory is his son and his four friends each killed one of those women. And it was because each each murder was more intense. Right. So it was a one-up. That's my theory, that they went and talked to him and to bury it. The judge went, no! We're going to sentence her to hang and leave him as the suspect. Yep. That's my theory, Reg. I'm sticking to it. It could be... I'm going to go with Aaron Kismet. Okay. I'm going to stick with them. Because it's too coincidental. Okay. All I know is this is the one time a Canadian is innocent. Even though there was a Canadian suspect. There was. But they ruled him out because they said he was too nice. His name was Jean 
Paul Dupuy. No, I don't know. I'm making that up. I'm making that up, people. Hey, listen, listen. If my cousin listens to this episode, we're not saying it's you. We do not want you to show up here with your six foot seven frame and be on top. It was a joke, Mike's cousin. Please do not take it against me. Even though you are a Cowboys fan, freaking whoa! What a loser! All right, you know what? Since he's a Cowboys fan, yeah, maybe you yeah, did. You know what? Yeah, what Mike said. Um, Hudson, get down. Reggie, do you have any thoughts? <coughs> Who's uh, the killer, yeah, Reggie? Who's the killer? I agree, I agree, but I'm pretty surprised that the guy who heads up the heads up like the the vigilante committee. Watch. Yeah, that neighborhood watch. Like I'm really I'm just really surprised that he isn't on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um hold on. Hold on a second, Reg. So like, this is your first time tuning in. You need to George Lusk. Yeah, George Lusk. But if this is your first time tuning in, we're terrible. You need to understand that we look at the facts and then we disregard them and give you our own story. That's why we're the, we are the worst podcast ever. There's so, a reason that is our tagline, people. Yeah, I mean, we're not lying. Like, we're just a bunch of smuts who like to get together, hang out, and bullshit. And then we bring Reggie on, so there's at least someone here. That's yeah, smart. so we sound kind of yeah. smart. Yeah. Um. So, what? Are, what's that? I don't know where my calendar went. Here it is. So, what are we talking about next week? <laughs> the Johnston guy. I, you know what? We're gonna push that a little bit. All right. Next week, Reg, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Next week, Reggie, serial killer of your choice. Oh, of my choice. Your yes, choice. Man. Oh, okay. Are we going to make her make the choice now, or are we going to give her a few days? Maybe make it now. Oh, you know who you want to do? No. Okay. Okay. We'll give you a couple days. And then we will post it on our Facebook page so people... Follow us on the book. Oh, no, 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 no. It's going on our TikTok page. Follow us on TikTok. I got a few Um, Check us out on there. Mike has a drink. You can find us. Tom and I will do the announcement next weekend in front of the Mike has a drink Christmas tree to let you know what Reggie has chosen. Does that sound fair, Reg? Yeah, yeah. Do you, have, my do you have, like, a couple of serial killers of choice on your head? Uh, I have, yeah, I have some. Okay. Narrow it down, and then we're going to expect you to drive that episode, Reggie. Well, at least... A little bit of it. You know, I don't know what Mike's idea is, but Reggie, we need an answer by Friday. Mm. Okay. 
Okay. Wow. That way we have at least a little background information to do on Saturday to post the TikTok on Sunday. That's fair. Yeah, right. that's fair. So that'll just kind of push us back. We'll hit the Johnson gang at some other point. Right. Maybe we'll get rid of the Amish schoolhouse shooting. Oh, never mind. I already got, wait, that's, let me find September. Yeah, we'll, we'll get rid of that one. Um, alright, I mean, that's all I got, man. Yeah, I've been drawing on info for a minute. I'm a little tapped out. So anyways, Jack the Ripper, it'll never be solved. It doesn't matter. Same thing with the Black Dahlia. Are you trying to add that to the... I'm trying to add that to the possibility of Reggie's choice. Mm. Listen, Reggie's a strong, independent woman. She is. She don't need no man. She don't need you telling her. No, it wasn't telling. It was a suggestion. She doesn't need you suggesting. That's fair. All right. This is Reggie's choice. This is not Reggie's choice guided by Tom. Or influenced by Mike. I'm not in. I haven't said a word. Yeah, but who knows what you're going to say off air. If it happens off air, it doesn't count. That's why me being fired off air never counts. I know. Thank God. <laughs> this podcast would have folded months ago. People, you have no idea how many times I actually get fired. <laughs> Thank God I'm not. You know what? The, the nice thing is I don't ever have to worry about sending him a paycheck um, because we lose money each week, but that's okay. Um, all right, Reg, I mean, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for fitness into your busy schedule. We look forward to, uh, hearing who you're choosing to talk about next week. Um, I think that's all we got, man. Look, people, Mike has a drink. We'll be camping this weekend. There might be, may or may not be, we can either confirm you know what? nor deny a special episode for camping. There, there could be. Then maybe that's where we throw in our Johnson family. There we go. Uh, I don't, I'm going to tell you right now, COVID cases are up. There will not be free hugs. We're going to be giving out free high fives. Oh, all right. All right. I, I can dig free high fives. Yeah, free high fives this weekend, people. Come to the campground. So your hands touch other hands? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not any better than sanitizers? You smack hands. Hey, just because, because you're a nurse doesn't yeah. really yeah. know anything, Chelsea. You don't count, Chelsea. Okay. You work in a controlled environment. We're going to smack hands and then sanitize. Like Adam Sandler Water Boy. Slap hands! Slap hands! <laughs> mm, pretty sure he was saying hot five! No, he was saying slap hands. Alright, well, whatever. <laughs> um, the only, oh, and he also said Captain Sandler shows no moisty. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember is kids. This is why we don't do. This is why we don't do crap. I'm recording. I'm recording. Call in a minute. Leave me alone. So, uh. He's yelling at the dog. No, I don't know. He, he, no. 
I think he's yelling at the cat. Who just walked in the door like, whoa, dude, I was just coming in to eat and go back outside. Oh, you guys heard that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, so the cat no longer likes Tom. Is going to slice his tires as well. But, uh... That's all we got. So next week, Reggie's Choice. Your homework, like every other week, is to do something nice for people. To make life easier for somebody. Put your goddamn cart Oh my god. Back. Are we no. stuck on this freaking cart again? Only because, only because the surprising amount of people that I have seen put their carts right beside the damn thing lately. Like, I, every day when we go to a store... He's very aggressive about it. Yeah, no shit. I'm not, like, I, I will yell at the entire parking people, lot not knowing who it is. People, for me and Chelsea, please, just put your freaking carts away. I'm tired of every week when I try to tell someone to be nice and do something and help someone out. Tom's example is put your fucking card away. Right? That's because assholes don't. And, then, and, and, and frankly, it pisses me off. Okay, well, move off it, Tom. Because obviously people are not getting that message. That just means that Tom needs to be a little more loud. No. That, <laughs> that is not what I mean. Is that what I've been doing wrong in life? <laughs> yeah. Because if that's upsetting you that much... That's your issue. But I do put other people's carts away. Yeah, but it's your, it's you. That's your issue. So work through it. It's <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, sir. No, no, sir. Oh, no, sir. Damn. What? This is, this is coming, this is coming from my session to all of I, I harbor a lot of, of rage and anger. Not you, Reggie. Yeah, I find that hard to believe, Reggie. That's all right. <laughs> uh, well, fine, fine. I promise you, Mike, I will quit bitching about the fucking carts. Thank you. On air. That's fair. It's all right. You can send all the people who throw trash out their car windows, especially whatever motherfucker drives through my neighborhood and throws their McDonald's like they're hiding an eating disorder from <laughs> from their significant other. Like every promised me you would never tell. Listen, I would know if you came to visit me. Wow. Is now like in like paper wrappers instead of styrofoam, I guess. Uh, and I'm and, and, and I'm not trying to like hit anybody below the belt with like the eating disorder thing. That would be the pot calling the kettle black. Right, right. No, we get it. That's, but that's not an eating disorder. That's uh, someone's wife has put them on a diet, and they don't, they don't want to go home and eat kale. 
I mean, I mean, that's how you end up with a binge eating. So everything, everything in moderation. That's right. That's right. Which moderation is an imaginary drink where an imaginary place where Mike and I drink every week. I've never met him. I have never met the person. Everybody says drink with moderation. I can't find a guy. We just we just need to like nickname a yeah blow up doll moderation. All right, that's- Reggie, you just took this whole podcast Tom way. <laughs> wow, it's like, it's like it's like Reggie knows about like my six month cleanse I'm about to go on. <laughs> Your six month cleanse is gonna last two weeks, probably. Yeah. So, so what I. <laughs> I'm hearing is we have to get a cardboard cutout of like this, like and stick that, and we'll name that moderation. Uh, it's possible. Um. All right, look, we're gonna go. <laughs> People, thanks for joining us. Thank, I, I hope. I hope we even make any kind of sense whatsoever about Jack the Ripper. And if we didn't, let us know at MikeHasADrink at gmail.com Or uh, Mike has a drink on Facebook or hit us up on our TikTok. Um, or the gram. Well, not the gram because I actually took the gram off of my phone. It's part of my cleanse. Um, I'm walking away from parts of social media. Um... I can, I can dig it, brother. It is I what it is. It. You know. Hudson's uh, knocking shit over. Yeah. I, I, he may be part of my clients, too. He might come live with you for six months. Um, he can come live with me. But it is what it is. Red Bull. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll catch up with you here in a second, all right? Uh, see you later. Have a great Bye, week. Everybody. Bye, people.